What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 44. The All-Star Game's going on right now. A lot of players were wearing 44 yesterday. Maybe some today who chose to wear it because obviously that's Hank Aaron's number. They're honoring him yep. this All-Star break because the game was supposed to be in Atlanta, but we won't get into that. Yeah, some random political stuff over there. But, uh, yeah, everybody's wearing 44, and it's kind of fitting that it's episode 44 for here. I don't think we've had better timing on an episode. This is absolutely perfect yeah, timing. Actually, another perfect episode was we were recapping week one of NFL football <laughs> on episode one and that so forth. So that, that was some good timing as well, but I think this is probably our best coincidental one. But let's get to our openers. Brett is not here. Yeah, Brett is not here. So we're running things today. Yeah, it's just a duo, me and Skyler. <laughs> I have a two-parter in my opener. First one is something that just happened literally about 10 minutes ago, and it's Vladimir Guerrero <laughs> going 468 feet off of Corbin Burns in the third inning of the All-Star game. Tatis said he should have pimped it a little bit more and bat flipped mm. a little more, but, uh, I mean, seeing a bomb hit like that from Vladimir Guerrero – it. In a stage like this is exactly what he came there for. Oh, yeah. That was a moonshot. And obviously, uh, we expected to see some balls fly out here in Coors Field. Yeah. You know, they're known for that. The second part of my opener is not going to be something that, I, that was my favorite, but I, it was pretty funny. So we had them will be draft over the last uh, few <laughs> days. And uh, the Angels, they they need pitching. That, that's yes. definitely been a big need yes, of theirs. They do. <laughs> but taking 20 pitchers out of 20 rounds is something that I don't think we've ever seen before. Yeah. And honestly, just crazy. Not one position player. Another thing you might not have noticed, <laughs> too. Excuse Kyle. Excuse me. <laughs> 19 out of 20 of them were college pitchers. That's crazy. Only one was a high school guy, and he's from IMG. Yeah. So well, they're trying to get guys who are ready to play in a couple years. Yeah. I mean, I think their philosophy here is fuck it. I mean, if we're taking twenty, yeah, one guys, of them's got to hit, right? Yeah, one or two of them's got to be it. Got to be amazing and not get hurt every year. So, it's a decent thing or an interesting thing. But I, when you look at like rookie ball and stuff, like the the position players there, they're all gonna suck. They're gonna rely on the uh, international guys. They yeah. have any money left over? Yeah, their farm system is actually gonna be something that's interesting now because you're mm-hmm. adding twenty pitchers and no position players to yes. that farm system. <laughs> All right, well, mine's going to be UFC 264. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. We don't talk about a lot of fighting, but Honestly, this was a pretty more. good. It was a fun. It was, it was a good a, card. It was a pretty good card. We got to see Greg Hardy get knocked out in the first round, former Cowboys D-lineman. And, of course, the main events. Poirier McGregor, was that three? Yeah, three. That was three. Um, Poirier had him on the ground for most of the first half, and then they both missed punches mcgregor falls back and snaps his leg it was tough to watch for sure but a very iconic moment yeah there was there was a a footage that i saw on tiktok a few days ago where uh mcgregor's leg was actually broken before he actually stepped on it so it wasn't just some freak accident like he uh well it was obviously broken but it was like already like detached in the way that it was like he was like leaning back off to one side and he didn't have that leg on the ground and uh, was his foot like pointing you, the other direction? You could kinda? see like the break in the bone a little bit more, and it was like kind of more like a rubber band a little bit. Oh, so, wow. but we're not going to get into broken legs that much. <laughs> How about we get into where's your head at? All right. First thing we're talking about is a home run derby that took place yesterday. We had yeah. Pete Alonso taking down Trey Mancini in the finals. 
Great performance by both of them. There's a lot of fun performances to watch. Uh, yeah. the, Pete Alonso, Salvador Perez first round was amazing. Both guys got at least twenty eight home runs. And that's just show you know, Salvador Perez has pride. Exactly. You know, he wasn't going up there and 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 just admitting defeat. He was gonna put up a fight. Yeah, the like Soto Otani first round was amazing mm-hmm. when they had to go to a three swing off and double overtime. Olsen Mancini first round was fun to watch, especially more fun for us because we were ace fans. Even mm-hmm. though Olsen lost, I was completely fine with Mancini getting the move on. Yeah, but after back to back Home run derby championships for Pete Alonso minus twenty twenty because there wasn't a home run derby that year, but he won in twenty nineteen in Cleveland and won this year. Obviously, yeah. Is Pete Alonso the home run derby goat? I don't think you can take that title away from Griffey until someone hits four or has like a Josh Hamilton type round because uh, you know the talk about iconic moments in sports. Uh, the Griffey backwards hat derbies are forever. Iconic. Yeah. But but anyway, you know, Pete was very calm. He didn't use his energy. He had a great round. His pitcher was great until the last round, but by then it was a wrap. But it's, you know, uh, no disrespect to Pete Alonso. Uh, I'm sure he could mm. do it. I just feel like he, to pass Griffey, you have to put up some crazy numbers. Yeah, Pete, Pete was talking about how he wants to keep on doing this year after year. He mm. thinks it's one of the most fun things on, on the planet for him to do. And I mean, if I had the ability to hit baseballs as far as he does, I'd probably think it's the funnest thing to do without well. any effort, too. Yeah, and that—that's the <laughs> biggest thing on why I think he's right there with Griffey as far as goat status goes in this because he—he was—he wasn't like he was locked in, obviously, but he yeah. wasn't like zoned in like uh, in the way that he wasn't like having any fun with it the whole time. Like yeah. he was bobbing his head up and down in between pitches and and smiling and enjoying his time there and was his swings that he was put on balls didn't even look like he was like a hundred percent like into each swing like he was just 85 percent swing yeah. 450 feet which is cool to see yeah and you saw otani you know gasping for air after every time out yeah he was was cool as a cucumber yeah so <laughs> for that reason i think pete alonzo is not yet that goat but he's number two on i think my that's list. fair yeah. And definitely has a good chance to pass him up if he wins this next time and be a back-to-back-to-back champion. But yeah. that, we'll have to wait till next He was a little hesitant uh, right after if he was uh, going to do it. But maybe that could be you yeah. know, just like, all right, bro, leave me alone. Let me go rest. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. But now let's talk about our first half awards because first half's up, obviously. All-Star Game is going on right now. Together, who is your MVP? First, let's start with the AL. All right, uh, the AL MVP for me is, it's got to be Shohei Otani. I'll give you the stats right here. 33 homers, he's hitting 280, 12 stolen bases, and also 4-1 record with a 3-4-9 ERA, 87 case. It's just, my honorable mention here is Vladdy Jr., and he's having just as good of a season, but he doesn't pitch. You know, yeah. I, I have to give it to Otani, but shout out to Vladdy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Laddie as well, but I have to go with Tani here. I think that's kind of the, the no doubt, uh, uni- pretty much unanimous pick right now. Uh, when you can hit and pitch and be an all-star level player mm-hmm. at both sides, it's it's definitely what MVP means in the sense of the name. And yeah. uh, You know, people compare him to Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth never did both at the same time like this. Yeah, true. He and plus he wasn't. He had his pitching year. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like he he he's not the pure athlete that Shohei is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not taking away from Babe Ruth. Of course, of course. The stuff sure. that he did for the game is probably yeah. bigger than what has anybody has done in the game right now. Uh, but so we both pick Otani. Yeah. had the stats, so I'll just go off of those. Yeah. NL MVP. NL MVP. I'm gonna give it to Jacob Degrom. 
He is, he's just so good, man. 7-2 record, 108 ERA, 146 Ks. I believe that's either leading or second. 100 what? 146 Ks. That is second, I believe. Second, okay, okay. And uh, I'm going to give my, obviously, Fernando Tatis had a great half. He is going to be up there. For the actual MVP, but mm-hmm. my honorable mention goes to Ronald Acuna Jr. Not just because of the injury, but I just have to I have to spotlight him here. Uh, let me just tell you why. Fourth in OPS in the league, 24 homers, a 283 average, and an MLB lead, 17 stolen bases. It's going to be uh, sad not being able to watch him for end of this year and maybe longer. Yeah, that's true. Sad stuff there with Acuna. We'll talk that talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. My NL MVP pick is also going to be DeGrom. This one's less unanimous. It's not unanimous. It's going to be a decent vote on both sides, mm-hmm. especially with, I don't want to say cold stretch that DeGrom has had recently, but not as Just hot, not Bob Gibson level. <laughs> not as hot as a stretch that he was on before that, or he didn't give up a run for like 32 innings straight. But uh, yeah, DeGrom's my MVP. Uh, I guess we can kind of skip NL Cy Young now. Yeah. that... Covers it Should I both. get my honorable mention for him? Uh, sure. I got a uh, Gosman. Yeah, that's fair. Gosman, I think he's up there for close sure. Close numbers. Surprisingly close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just not not at DeGrom's level. All right. A.L. Cy Young. All right. A.L. Cy Young. I'm going to go with Lance Lynn. Uh, a 9-3 and three record, 199 ERA, 105 Ks. And he throws fastballs 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy number to look at. And uh, he's just probably the most trustworthy starter, I would say, out of the American League. Uh, so he gets a nod for me, even though there could be guys with crazier strikeout numbers, whatever. And my honorable mention goes to his closer, uh, Liam Hendricks, who's having a crazy year. And just like him, I, I would say probably the most trustworthy closer in the, at least the American League. Yeah, for year. sure. Uh, my Cy Young pick in the AL is not going to be any of those guys. It's going to be Garrett Cole. Garrett mm-hmm. Cole's been absolutely amazing this year. We saw the whole whatever you want to call it, situation with the sticky stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. He dominated the Astros his last time out. Uh, and that's that's a Cy Young performance. And that's going to be the probably the poster performance uh, for this Cy Young season if he does get it. Yeah. And uh, he's been nothing less than amazing. And he is going to be my Cy Young pick. I think he's got like a 2-4, 2-5 ERA or something mm-hmm. like that with the major league lead in strikeouts with yeah. 240 or 2, not 240, 147. On to Rookie of the Year. Let's do AL first. All right. My AL Rookie of the Year is going to go to Adolis Garcia. 22 homers, and he was an all-star. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I got some honorable mentions, though. Uh, The young pitchers, Logan Gilbert and James Caprillion, are having great years. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Mountcastle has showed some signs of greatness with also some struggling, which bumps him down, obviously. That was my preseason pick for the award, but... Yeah, for Rookie of the Year, I'm also going to Dolce Garcia. That's kind of an obvious one right now. Mm. Uh, honorable mention, I am going Caprillion. And if Adoles was to slow down, uh, it, he just sucked in the second half. It wouldn't be 100% against it because mm. Rays fans, obviously. And Caprillion had a great second half. I could see it going to Caprillion. But as of right now, it's 100% going to Adoles Garcia. How about in yeah. the NL? NL, uh, same situation here with Trevor Rogers. He was... The other rookie all-star, seven and six record, but a two-three-one ERA, one hundred twenty-two Ks. 
he's pretty close there to some of the Cy Young guys we talked about. Mm-hmm. And he's a rookie, which is crazy. Uh, some honorable mentions. His teammate, Jazz Chisholm, is a spark plug over there, middle of the infield. And then Padre starter, Ryan Weathers, uh, had to step up a little bit with some injuries, and he's done great. Yeah, I like the two other picks with Jazz Chisholm and uh, Ryan Weathers a little bit. I think Jazz Chisholm does a little bit more than just being a great player for Miami. He's he's the face of their franchise now, and he's he's a guy that the MLB wants to market as the face of that team, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but my rookie of the year pick is also going to be Trevor Rogers. Yeah, if he was playing in the AL, he de- definitely gets some Cy Young votes. Obviously, it's a little rough to give him Cy Young votes when there's a guy named Jacob Degrom yeah. in, in his league and also in his division, which makes it even tar. Harder so, uh, Trevor Rogers having a great season. Guy that can touch ninety nine, and he is my NL Rookie of the Year in twenty twenty one. And last award we're gonna go to both yeah. sides again, of course. That's Manager of the Year. All right, uh, AL first. AL first. I'm gonna go with Tony Larusa from the White Sox. Uh, his team had to overcome so many injuries this year. They actually just talked about that. I wrote this yesterday, but they mm-hmm. talked about pretty much exactly what I wrote uh, during the All Star game. Uh, overcame all the injuries, and he's still fighting for the uh, preservation of baseball at 76 years old. Uh, even if you hate him, you have to respect that about him. Yeah, true. But what I see as my AL manager of the year, if you let's look at a team in uh, in 2019 and, and 2018, that was a great team, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they're absolutely stellar. They obviously won a World Series. And then they lose Alex Cora to that suspension in 2020, and they completely suck. Mm-hmm. They get him back in 2021 after signing him again, which is – it kind of tells you that that is that that, that team's guy. Like, he, he's going to be – like, he's a reason for this team's success. So I'm going with Alex Cora as my AL Manager of the Year for the – Another good pick. AL East leading Boston Red Sox. Yeah. On to the NL. NL is, I feel like this is obvious. Yeah, I have to go with Bruce Bochy here. They had uh, – you don't agree? Bruce Bochy's not their manager. Sorry, Kapler. Yeah. Kapler. Fuck, man. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) My bad, everybody. Anyways, Gabe Kapler um, is taking on a... (laughs) I can't believe... (laughs) Gabe Kapler took on a below-average roster and it is... Have an offensive production and that's... Let's talk about the pitching, too. A bunch of guys who everyone's written off has put together probably the best rotation in baseball. And uh, everyone thought he was crazy, you know, the past couple of years or one year. He was uh, there. He was he was there in twenty twenty, yeah. Okay, uh, for you know the weird uh, stuff he does defensively and pitching wise, but it's starting to work out. And you know, best team in baseball right now, record wise. Yeah, I too am going with not Bruce Bochy, <laughs> but Gabe Kapler. Uh, it's pretty an iconic fuck up low key uh but Gabe Kapler's been amazing uh he knows how to use his bullpen especially this year and it's kind of a weird situation because I mean when he was with the Phillies and he had that great roster our Phillies still have a good roster they just don't play good like we thought Gabe Kapler was a terrible manager we thought he was one of the main reasons why that Phillies team was bad he goes to SF. Uh, we didn't think that team was going to be anything crazy last year. They weren't anything crazy. They were a 500 team, but they were one game out of making the playoffs last year. And then this year, I, everybody thought it was a fluke. Literally everybody, and uh, even their own fans, I think, thought it was a fluke with their timely hitting and stellar starting pitching. But once it's gotten to the All-Star break and they still have the best record in the MLB, it's kind of... It's like, all right, yeah, this is definitely not a fluke, and we've kind of decided that within the last month here on the show. But, uh, yeah, 
Gabe Kapler is mm-hmm. the NL manager. <laughs> That's of the gonna year. be on the uh, the yearly rewind. Yeah. Blooper episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about the Acuna injury here a little bit. He tore his ACL uh, over the weekend. I don't remember what day it was exactly, Saturday or Sunday. But, uh, yeah, he tore his ACL out for the season for a struggling Braves team already. So that kind of takes the Braves away from being possible buyers into possible sellers and likely sellers, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. So what is your move for the rest of 21 if you are the GM of the Braves? This doesn't mean, like, sign people in the offseason. It just means regular season pretty much until July 31st with the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. If I'm Atlanta, I am going to sell the pitchers and the vets, like Minter, Green, Smith, Morton, Adrianza, uh, and I'm going to try to get younger guys who have kind of been written off with two or three years, maybe more club control for for depth because I don't know about Acuna. You know, it might take them longer, but they're going to have a relatively good team, they hope, coming back next year, especially if some of the prospects are ready to go. So I think you just try to save some money and – Try to build the depth chart for the future. You know, guys like Drew Waters, uh, see if they're they're ready to go. And if not, then you'll have a you know a guy ready mm-hmm. who can play. I know I worded that kind of weird, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right? I got what you're saying. Uh, if I'm the GM of the Braves, I do sell pitching, and I also sell some of my my farther away prospects as okay. I, I try to make a push in 2022 and 2023 uh, to get guys back that are going to be ready in 2022 or have started to come up this year that are good and have maybe not been their full potential but look as like yeah these guys can be something if they they get under the right system and get the right coaches around them and the right players in the right environment so i go full sell as far as the pitchers like more in uh all the relievers uh but definitely a priority for me is to get some starting pitching back because I mean, Mike Soroka, we don't we don't know if this guy's even going to be back next year with all the stuff that's going on with him and his injuries. And the rest of their team has just been injured, especially the pitchers yeah. for this uh, And as, You know, another reminder, uh, Ozuna probably won't be back. Exactly, yeah. But they do have – I mean, Pache is going to be a guy that's, yeah, yeah. that's going to be up for them, I, I assume, probably now with Acuna's injury. Yeah. And uh, for the rest of – his six years of arbitration and whatever and however long he stays there for them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, some surprise teams and some yeah. teams to plummet in the second half. So first off, what is one team that you su- expect to surprise in the second half that maybe hasn't been living up to expectations or to your expectations? All so right. This might first. be an easy pick. Uh, might seem like I'm going with the Padres. Uh, they're only six games back, but I feel like they're going to make a splash, maybe go after a Trey Mancini. And they're going to win the West with over 100 games. That's that's something crazy, I think. I know. Talk about with how, I want to say subpar they've been, but not up to their expectations. And being able to win 48-plus games and and have just about 20 losses, if not less, uh, is crazy to me. But the team that I'm talking about for the my team to surprise in the second half is going to be the Toronto Blue Jays. I think mm-hmm. they're in the market for a starter because they do have – the, the pieces that they can move to go get another uh, starter, maybe even a controllable starter. And if Hinjin Ryu turns it up a little bit and Robbie Ray continues the way that they do and they add another bullpen piece, which they've already started to do a little bit with Trevor Richards and Adam Simber being acquired uh, a few weeks ago, 
this team can make a legitimate push for that wild card spot in or a wild card spot in the AL, which I mean mm-hmm. we know the lineup is going to be legit, so mm-hmm. it, it should be fun to watch. And now let's go to one team that's going to plummet in the second half. All right, obviously the Braves are a play here, but we already talked about them. I didn't mm-hmm. go with them; that's a bit too easy. So I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Glass now is out for at least two months now. Uh, a lot of prospects are up, and they're not hitting very well. Uh, like you said, Toronto and New York, I think, is going to rise up a little bit here and just destroy Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was thinking about going with one of the AL East teams here as well, but I'm going with the team that has somewhat surprised, but still under the radar. It's the mm-hmm. Seattle Mariners. They sit at 48 and 43 right now as we're in obviously in the all-star break. Uh, but one thing that we have seen from the Mariners in the last 20 years is they do not ever play like a second half team. They always mm-hmm. suck in the second half when there's any pressure on the line. The Mariners always, always fail, and they're going to fail again this year. They don't have the guys up right now. They don't have Kellenic, or obviously they don't. I mean, Kellenic's not hurt, but he's not performing to the way that yeah. they expected. They don't have Kyle Lewis. Uh, Dylan Moore hasn't been that good. J.P. Crawford's been amazing, and Jake Fraley's been good as well, but... I mean, I just don't see it continuing the success. Yeah, obviously, had. this could be a team that sells too. Yeah, but doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think it's a weird team that I don't know if they they do want to sell because, I mean, any chance of postseason baseball for the Mariners and Mariner fans, they have to take it because. Yeah. I mean that team that those fans have just been put through misery for the last twenty years, and any chance that they see, oh yeah, this team could be something, and they sell. That would not be a move that keeps the the fans happy and keeps fans coming. No, back and to obviously games. they do have a couple of prospects, like you said, Fraley and uh, and Gilbert's been pitching great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they're just stuck in purgatory this year. Yeah, it's a weird spot. I don't think you necessarily sell, but I just I definitely do not think that you buy heavy. I yeah. think you just kind of play with the guys that you got, see what and you hope have you have a turnaround like San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and maybe maybe understand or acquire a bullpen arm or two, some cheap guys. That can be controllable for next year to mm-hmm. start building a better bullpen because pretty much one thing that we know every good team has in the playoffs is they have a good bullpen. Yeah. Now, before we get to halftime, let's do weekly awards. All right. So who is your player of the week, Scott? My player of the week is going to be Joey Gallo, back-to-back weeks, uh, <laughs> OPS of over 2,400. He's been a menace again. Three homers, four RBIs, and six walks compared to one strikeout this week. That's Pretty crazy for a guy who strikes out a lot. Yeah. You know. My player of the week is actually going to be A.J. Pollock. He went 9 for 15 That's over the last pick. seven days. Four home runs. Yeah. Uh, the 9 for 15 provides a 600 average. He only <laughs> struck out once and walked four times. So that means his OBP was 750, uh, which is kind of crazy for a week. I mean, obviously it's a short sample size, but yeah. a, a crazy week for the Dodgers outfielder. Uh but, yeah, he's my player of the week. Now on to pitcher sure. of the week, and I think I know who this is. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to be unanimous here. Garrett Cole, nine innings, three hits, no one runs, 12 Ks versus the Astros. And I believe he was hitting 98, 99 at pitch 129 mm-hmm. or something. I'm sure you have it written down, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, he, he <laughs> did hit 99 on pitch 20, 129 that struck out Jordan Alvarez to end the game against the Astros. Uh, complete game shutout for Garrett Cole. And my favorite thing that I saw from this was his uh, the mound meeting that mm-hmm. Aaron Boone had with with two outs in the ninth, and Garrett Cole kind of just said, "Fuck you! I'm completing this game. Don't take me out of this. You signed me 
to this team for these reasons and to pitch in these big games. Mm-hmm. I'm getting through this, and I'm uh, yeah, like our closer, Rollis Chapman sucks. Come exactly. on, exactly. So he was very, very animated in, in saying that as well. I believe he said he blacked out during it. Yeah, too. he did say that he, he <laughs> didn't really mem- remember it. Besides saying a lot of f bombs. So uh, yeah, Garrett Cole, pitcher of the week, now rookie of the week. All right, my rookie of the week is going to be Logan Gilbert. Like I've been talking about the past couple of. Uh, segments here he went seven innings one hit and eight k's against the yankees he had a rough debut but uh he's been pretty solid since then he's getting the hang of his change up and that was the big question mark if uh, they should bring him up or not the change up because he didn't really have a secondary pitch there he goes yeah i went with a co-rookie of the week here because these two guys pretty much had the same outing it's logan gilbert and tristan mckenzie they both went seven shutout innings not allowing a single run and had allowed only one hit. Uh, I think Gilbert might have had more K's, but I mean, regardless, yeah. both great outings by the two youngsters, and uh, they are my co rookies of the week. All right, let's go to halftime. Let's go. Now, so why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. Welcome back, everybody, to halftime. Uh, we're going to start it off with the MLB draft. That happened this weekend, uh, and I watched it instead of the finals game. So you can call me crazy, but I like the draft. <laughs> Anyways, uh, first pick was a surprise to most people. Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville, goes number one to the Pirates. I know Kyle didn't like that one very much. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, Pirates, I mean, they're they're team's input really doesn't matter to me so henry davis is a good pick in their eyes and so be it oh jt real muta goes deep in the all-star game yep wow. solo shot to get the end national league on the board yeah. in the fifth inning but anyways henry davis i feel like i don't mind it i feel like a worst case scenario you got a right fielder with a very strong arm with an mlb ready approach and there's nothing wrong with that uh some other notable picks uh, jack Leiter, number two to the rangers Marcelo Meyer, the number one ranked player for, I believe, MLB Pipeline, and number two for Baseball America to the Red Sox. They got a nice deal. A pretty interesting pick for the Royals at seven, Frank Mazzucato. He's a high school lefty out of Connecticut. He threw four no-hitters in a row, Um, and he's got a 60-grade curveball, so... (laughs) I'm curious about his competition, though, in high school, because, I mean, like, you can throw... No hitters, uh, like every single game. But I don't give a fuck if the kids like don't play baseball. You know, they if they suck, then it's whatever. But I mean, Connecticut and their competition. Who hey, knows? George Springer see. came out of Connecticut. Went to UConn though, so That's not true. not just high school. That's true. And uh, I want to talk about picks eight, nine, and ten real quick. Pretty interesting here. Number eight, the Colorado Rockies host team of. All-Star. The All-Star break. Sorry. Jesus. Go with Benny Montgomery, outfielder from Pennsylvania. Uh, He's got a kind of a weird twitchy swing like Hunter Pence, but he has so much speed. And that's the kind of guy that the Rockies need in the outfield because running out with Charlie Blackman's, it's not going to work. And it hasn't worked. Uh, The Angels take righty Sam Bachman out of Miami, Ohio University instead of Kumar Rocker because I guess they feel like Sam Bachman will be more MLB ready, which is interesting, but Kumar falls 10 to the Mets. 
Uh, some other interesting picks here. The Marlins at 16 take Khalil Watson, the prep shortstop, who is ranked number four on Pipeline. Uh, this guy has so Great. much potential. Yeah. Uh, you know, five tools, just like Meyer, just a little bit shorter than Meyer. Uh, another pick, Matt McClain, probably the second best college hitter in this class. Ball 17 to the Royal, not Royals, Reds. I like that pick. Man, I can't talk today. Sorry. Talk about Max Muncy, though, right? <laughs> yeah, Max Muncy, the A's, shortstop from Thousand Oaks High School. Same name, same birthday as the former Max Muncy, the A's drafted in 2012. Yeah, isn't kinda, that wild? Kind of crazy coincidence there, but I mean, it is kind of destined to happen. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. A's love California guys. They took I I I'm pretty sure in the first ten rounds, like eight guys from California or have played ball in California before. So uh, yeah, Max Muncy being taken there wasn't a big shock to me. No, and it's an exciting player. One of the only guys left on the board who has a fifty-five and everything and has so much room to grow. Uh, and I'm talking about the. 2080 scale for prospects 55 is an above average grade yeah uh and that's for all the tools uh so anyways that wraps up the uh first half week first round recap fuck man it's hard (laughs) it's hard to talk when you're scrolling through uh through pages on your computer but anyways the mlb futures game happened a couple days ago in colorado it was uh pretty interesting brendan davis cubs top prospect outfielder stole the show with two homers you see the cleats he was wearing uh, he was wearing the Suns cleats, right? Suns and four cleats. That didn't happen. Uh, yeah, it did not <laughs> happen. But nonetheless, cool cleats. Mm-hmm. And uh, another, I wouldn't say they stole the show away from Brendan Davis, but there are some power pitchers in this game. Matt Libator out of the Cardinals organization. Max Meyer from the Marlins organization. Cade Cavalli from the Nationals organization. Some guys that were drafted. Not that long ago. And also, uh, Shane Bass from the Royals and Reed Detmers from the Angels. They should be excited about him. He looks like he's ready to go. Uh, the A's representative. Tyler Soderstrom. Tyler Soderstrom came in, got in that bat. Cade, uh, top prospect Adley Rushman came in and walked. So not a whole lot of stuff for the big names out there, but still some exciting stuff. I like to see mm-hmm. the young guys doing great. Uh, let's go over to some football. Washington football team. Uh Expected to pick, or not expected, they say, they're going to pick their name and logo a year from now, which is interesting. I saw the finalists. Let me pull it up on my phone right now. Uh, They had a list of finalists for their names. Oh, I have not seen this. I'm actually curious about this. All right. Um, If you are able to get them up. If I'm able to get them. uh, Uh, But in the meantime. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Washington football team. Can't believe they're going to have the same team name for the next year. Uh, seeing that there's going to be a team called the football team in the NFL just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I feel bad for the guys that, like, uh, you know, like talk on TV and say, oh, the football team, like, oh, this weekend is going to be so good. And it just sounds super, super weird. But nonetheless, it's going to happen. It's probably the better choice to make sure that everybody was okay with the decisions that were being made. All right. Uh, I can't find the uh, original list that was given today, but I did see the Monarchs, Mm. the Presidents, the Red Wolves. uh, Those were some of the names that they had on the list, which is interesting. Those are all right. I just, whenever I hear the Monarchs, I think of London because of Madden. Yeah, that is a Madden uh, relocation franchise that they offer you that's one of their 
pre-built ones. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Anyways, let's go to uh, some Olympic basketball. Team USA loses to Nigeria and Australia, but they beat Argentina today. This is exhibitions, by the way. Yeah, exhibitions. Um, man, it's I know Nigeria had some NBA players, and of course Australia and Argentina too, but uh, they just got worked by Mike Brown against Nigeria, and is. I don't know what to say. You know, it's alarming, but then again, it's still exhibition. It's These guys yeah, have never played together. It doesn't really scare me. I think the guys are going to be completely fine and should take home gold in uh, Tokyo? Is that where the Olympics are at? I believe so. And, uh, I, so. The, I mean, the first game against Nigeria, we had guys like Sadiq Bang, Darius Garland at the floor at one time. So those Jeremy guys Grant. Are, are kidding, well, Jeremy Grant's actually on the team. Uh, but Darius oh, Garland and Sadiq Bay are, are like on the select team or something like that okay. for like fillers or who knows. But I mean, it's a rough loss. But I mean, we'll we'll be fine and let Nigeria have their moment because I don't know how prestigious their basketball uh, history has been. Yeah, probably not great. But uh, we'll see. We'll be rooting for our boys, of course. Team USA. And uh, we had some quick NFL news today. I thought. Should be mentioned, uh, Nikhil Harry, Patriots receiver. His agent requested a trade from the Patriots. Um, you know, they're not going to use him anymore. They tried him out. He wasn't great. Uh, and they're going to be running a weird power back scheme with Cam Newton. And it's just weird. It's weird in New England. I don't know if they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, going to make a push, going to suck. I don't know what to say. I'd probably say they're going to be at least 8-8 eight and eight just because their defense is solid and mm. Bill Belichick is there and he's obviously a genius. Uh, I did see Nikhil Harry uh, rumors with like the the Niners, I think, was a team that I saw because I know Kyle Shanahan. Of course, Shanahan the Niners are interested in every receiver. Loves those guys and <laughs> who, who knows. Uh, obviously, they lost Kendrick Bourne to the Patriots, so could be a replacement mm. for them. Yeah, all right. And uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They went back-to-back Stanley Cups. They take down Montreal. Yeah, they went in five. Uh, so back-to-back champs for them in Tampa Bay, city of champions. Oh, yeah. As of right now, at least. As of right now until uh, who knows what happens in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't think the Rays are going to win uh, <laughs> in the MLB either, but who knows? We'll see. All right, well, the last thing we're going to talk about is basketball. Kawhi Leonard finally released we knew he had some kind of knee injury a partially torn acl underwent mm-hmm. surgery today unknown timetable again of course for the free know. agent that's coming up and he's a free agent yeah it should be crazy to see uh what goes on with him uh with his whole free agency thing and when he when he's actually gonna be back i assume not at the start of the year though because no the regular season should start in about three months which is kind of crazy to think. It is. They're trying to get back on the uh, normal yeah, the schedule. October. I, that's why I respect the MLB. They've messed up a lot, but mm-hmm. having that short season helps. Yeah, it did help a lot. They're, they're back on you know regular, regular timing. We're having the All Star game in July, like it should be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and uh, that's going to wrap up halftime. Some interesting stuff this week. You know, yeah. we didn't have to BS around. That's true. That, yeah, there's definitely a lot of content there. And let's talk about the Bucks suns finals here in Where's Your Head At? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, first off, I mean, it's 2-1 Suns right now. You What was your original pick that you had? I think you had Bucks and... I had Bucks and five or six. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So how are you feeling about that pick right now? That's probably not going to happen. Um, Obviously, it's not going to happen in five. It could no, happen no, in six, but they need to win five. the next three. 
I feel like I've been rooting for the Bucks so hard this year just because they were my pick, you know, mm-hmm. that I haven't been, you know, truthful with myself and with the statistics. And the statistics say that Phoenix is going to be just fine. You know, I figured that Milwaukee would get a pretty good win their first home game in the finals. But after that, it's it's going to be tough. Aiton is pretty unstoppable right now. You know, Brooke Lopez helps offensively, but uh, man... They're not going to have another game with that many offensive rebounds. Uh, Chris Paul's been great. Of course, Booker finally had that one game that I said might happen. Mm. He uh, shot three for 14, one for seven from threes last game. Uh, but Crowder's back, shot six for seven from three. And uh, Holiday, too. Holiday had a a nice comeback game three. So this is, I think it's wide open, honestly, but I'm leaning towards Suns in seven games. All right, so we got that, but we also have seen the the performance of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday had a decent game five or game three. Yeah. But Middleton really hasn't been there, and obviously the Bucks have only won one game. So is this like even possibly sustainable with how the performances of the, that they have had so far? I mean, Giannis is going off. But yeah. Right doesn't now, really mean anything mm-hmm. if the other two guys aren't doing the stuff that they've been doing all year. I agree. Right now, it's uh, not looking good for them. They need some help. It can't just be Brooke Lopez getting a couple offensive rebounds and Giannis driving every time. They need some help because the Suns like to pass. The Suns like to go fast. It's tough. And when when your point guard, Drew Holiday, once out of 10 days can run that fast offense, it's it's not going to work out. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Any bold predictions for the next few games as far as this series go? Do we see a big 40-point game from Devin Booker? Do we see... 60 from Giannis and get a game four win. Do we see the next two games win? I think a game four win is very possible. Um, I don't know about 60 points, but I do think we're going to see another 35-plus uh, game from Chris Paul here in game five or six. Yeah. But I think that's that's pretty much good for basketball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is... <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, but it's so it's so weird. It's to so hypothetical. Into one you know? question, and we don't want to just ramble on about stuff that could happen and yeah. what, what might happen. Just we like going based off of the facts and reacting to the stuff mm. that happened. Uh, so that's just gonna do it for our basketball talk. But yeah. now let's get to our bets and let's get on out of here. So last week I had the Padres sweeping the Rockies. That did not happen. I was decently close, but it did not happen. Skyler had the Mets over the Pittsburgh Pirates on Thursday, and that did happen, so mm-hmm. W for him. It, it was actually rained out and played on Friday, but the game I chose was the Taiwan walker Brubacher game, and that was played on Friday, and the Mets won that one. There we go. So good for Taiwan Walker. Brett had the Lightning <laughs> finishing it at home in five. Uh, that did happen. Uh, I think that pick was made uh Right before game five was about mm-hmm. to happen. So, yeah, just that one game pick for him. Uh, but this week, though, my pick is going to be the one baseball game that happens on Thursday, uh, nationally televised. It's Red Sox versus the Yankees, the rivalry, uh, this time in New York. And I have the Red Sox taking down the Yankees in my layup. Wow, I just I want to talk about this. Mike Zunino goes deep in the All-Star game off of Taiwan Walker. I know, like, it's... You know, you're watching this after the game's over. Most of you are listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, wow, that's that's a shocker. Yeah. A lot I of mean, power. If he was going to get a hit, it was going to be a home run. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, sorry. I kind of interrupted, your though. My layup is going to be the Oakland A's over the Cleveland Indians on Friday. The Indians are slotted to start Eli Morgan that game, who's been awful this year. The A's are going to have... 
full rest of everybody. I know everyone's going to be full rest, but mm-hmm. uh, especially a guy like Bassett or Manaya who hasn't pitched in a week will be able to go. Are we going to see another person on the A's roster that was not there on Friday rather than just the same roster that we rocked with in the first half? I'm going to say no. We'll not see. not this week. And we'll see. Not this week. With the moves that are made uh, in the near future. At least future. not in the lineup. Maybe someone in the pen. Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely think in the pen there there's a good chance, but for, as far as the lineup, probably not. Uh, all right, so our bold predictions we all got wrong, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the A's sweeping the Rangers. Uh, they did take two out of three, but lost that first game in Texas. Uh, Skyler had Washington over San Diego that was on a Thursday. Crazy game. Washington was up eight to nothing by the fourth inning, uh, but the Padres came back, led by a grand slam from Daniel Camarena, relief a relief pitcher. pitcher, his first career <laughs> hit with his dad in the stands. His dad was going crazy. A grand slam off of Max Scherzer is not really what he expected ever to happen in his career, and the yeah. Padres did win off of a Trent Grisham walk off base hit. Good for him, that moment's greater than my bold prediction. So. <laughs> Skyler gets that bold prediction wrong. And then Brett had Matt Olson win the derby. He did lose in the first round. Put up a good fight, though. It was a fun round to watch from him, too, because he's mashing baseballs into the upper deck. And mm-hmm. I mean, places we've seen balls hit before in Coors Field, but maybe if he was playing in Oakland, we wouldn't have never seen balls yeah. anywhere close to where he's hitting them in that game, in the derby, at least. All right. For bold predictions this week, I'm going with the D-backs. Somehow I'm picking the D-backs, but uh, they're hosting the Cubs, coming back from the All-Star break in a three-game series in AZ, and I have them winning the series in this. You might say, oh, why is <laughs> winning the series so bold? It's because the Diamondbacks still haven't gotten 30 wins this year, uh, are nearing 70 losses, and the Cubs, while not good, uh, are still a way better team than what the, that, uh, the Diamondbacks have shown in the first yeah. half. All right, uh, my bold prediction is going to be the Miami Marlins over the Phillies twice. They have a doubleheader on Friday, and Miami's going to take both games. They started off, or not started off, ended off the uh, first half decently uh, confident, I would say, in a, a pretty unpredictable division, and I think they're going to start off pretty pretty hot here. Yeah, so first half has been concluded. <laughs> Uh, I mean, our whole show has been concluded. Uh, episode 44, Skyler, what's our Twitter, man? Twitter's at Sports. Our Instagram is also at Sports. Our YouTube and TikTok? Immaculate Sports. There we'll be we back go. next week with some trades that yeah. go down. Yeah. Should be big. Hopefully there's a lot of trades that we can talk about and the impact that those have. Maybe uh, we keep hoping for football, but probably not going to happen. Maybe to the might have something. Maybe like some the, injuries. Then they kill Harry thing or something. Uh, but training camps are starting back up soon. Uh, episode episode forty five will be next week. Uh, and by the time that we get to episode fifty two, maybe the finals will be done. That's true. The finals should be done. Uh, but by the time we get to episode fifty two yeah. in about eight episodes, football should be right there. So that's something to that's look true. forward to. Episode forty four. We're out. We'll see you guys next time. Go Jets. Deuces.